the talk of a national license for doctors in this country. There's been a lot of discussions over the years about the shortage of medical staff around the country. Even more recently, you know, many are being let go or suspended because they're not abiding by COVID-19 protocols. There's been a shortage of family doctors. It seems to come up in the news now and then over and over. Recruitment processes are underway in many regions which would require doctors in some cases to move for opportunities. you got young doctors, they want jobs, they're going to have to move. But they say the rules make it very difficult to do that because they vary from place to place, as mentioned. So they're calling for a national physician license. Dr. Monica Dutt is a family physician and the medical officer of health for Central and Western Newfoundland and Labrador. She's among those calling for such things. Dr. Dutt, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks. Now, this has directly affected you uh, in your career. Tell us a little bit about your experience. So I live in Nova Scotia, but I work for Newfoundland and Labrador in addition to working in in Nova Scotia, and I I travel back and forth. And so I started as a medical officer of health in Newfoundland Labrador last February, right before the pandemic. And then I, at that time, needed to get a license then to practice in Newfoundland Labrador. And there was actually a short-term process that allowed me to do that quickly so I could jump right into pandemic response as a medical officer of health. However, then three months later, I then had to apply for a full license, despite already having licenses in Ontario, Northwest Territories, Nova Scotia. And so at that time, I needed to go through the entire licensing process again in the midst of you know wave one of the pandemic. And there was almost a time where I would not have been able to practice because of the time needed to get that full license, despite already having been working there for three months. It did all come together in the end. I was able to work. There was no gap in medical officer of health coverage, but it was definitely stressful in that time. And I know many physicians go through similar types of situations when they're not sure if they'll be able to work because of the the need to get another license in another jurisdiction. It seems as a layman, ridiculous. Two provinces side by side, two different licenses. Why? (laughs) You know, I know there's, you know, much more beyond all the details I know about around legislation and how different requirements were, were set up initially. But in the end, I feel like if a physician and there are other healthcare professionals, this impacts, but you know, speaking about physicians, if you are qualified to work in one province or territory, I don't see why you wouldn't be considered qualified in another part of the country unless we're saying that different places have have different standards. So I think the Atlantic provinces have worked together a bit and there is some streamlining, but in the end, you still do need an entirely new license for any other province and territory. I could maybe understand if we're talking between different countries, but when we're talking between provinces in the same country, in the same region of the country, I mean, isn't medicine medicine, your qualifications and your abilities and talents are are the same, I would think, no matter where you go in the country. And and that's what really matters here. Yeah, we all go through similar training for whatever specialty I trained in the specialty of, of public health and preventive medicine, as well as family medicine, the same as anyone else who went through those specialty programs would in the in the country. And I know, you know, there have been responses that colleges say, you know, we have different disciplinary measures, different approaches to different issues. And so again, I, it makes me wonder, you know, why are their approaches different if we should all be practicing to the same standard of medicine anywhere in the country? I was going to ask you about that because there are some bodies, yeah, that say that this needs to be in place. A national license wouldn't fit 
uh, and they do list disciplinary measures as as one of the things, but also the various checks that uh, that doctors go through during the licensing phase. But I mean, how varied is it really? In, in your experience, is it is it varied enough to to necessitate these sorts of measures and to protect what's in place now rather than going with a national license? I, I do think you know there does need to be, of course, some kind of system in place. So the the colleges play a, an, an important role, but when you're repeating the same processes for different colleges, whether it's references, reference letters, whether it's something I need to get from you know 2005 from my residency, whether it's um, different documents, different you know certificates, you have to show the same things to different colleges, and they're requesting the same information. To me, that's just a a duplication of a a process and it's also a very expensive process sometimes so it can cost thousands of dollars if you have um, more than one license in in a different jurisdiction and I don't tend to work I I work in Nova Scotia Newfoundland Labrador I may work for say a few weeks in the Northwest Territories or a few weeks in Ontario Um, but to do that I need to pay the thousands of dollars to to keep that license because I really don't want to start from scratch again because that is also a, a challenging process. I wonder if you just hit the nail on the head right there when you mentioned the fact that you have to pay thousands of dollars. Maybe that's why the gears are moving a little bit slowly on this one. You know, it, it's a likely part of it. Like I think when there's a college in each jurisdiction, they do, of course, need to pay their staff and mm-hmm. support their processes. So I think that that is part of it. Um, again, though, if it's individuals needing to pay these fees and physicians needing to pay these fees or nurses or other professionals that need to do that, it's a burden on those individuals. And it also means that they may not be able to fill a gap that does exist, whether it's even just a vacation for a family doctor who's been working without vacation time for, for years, potentially, and just wants two weeks off. I can't just say, I'm going to go to BC and I can help you out because I don't have a license in BC. Right. But I think that this pandemic really showed the need for something like a national license, the need for uh, physicians and other types of medical staff to be able to travel where they're needed, right? It did. I, I understand for physicians from Newfoundland Labrador to work in Ontario when there when there was a significant need, there actually had to be a, a change to legislation to allow them to be able to do that. And so when you need to go to that extreme a measure just to be able to to you know really channel resources where where there is that needed, it, it does seem like a significant barrier. And that's you know an extreme example. And then there really is the the short term coverage. And I think ideally, of course, we'd have long-term healthcare providers and get to know their communities. But I think often people do want to either just do short-term work where there's a need or potentially see if this is a community where they really want to spend a long period of their life. And so it's reasonable to work there for a few weeks, a few months. But if the license takes a few months and it costs thousands of dollars, that's, those are barriers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is Global News Radio. I'm Mark Carcassel filling in for Alan Carter. We are speaking to Dr. Monica Dutt, family physician, medical officer of health for Central and Western Newfoundland and Labrador. Dr. Dutt, why has this not been championed by governments? I know that the former premier of Nova Scotia, Stephen McNeil, did have it on his agenda. He did discuss it with other political leaders, uh, but then I guess the pandemic might have derailed it a little bit and it seems to be lost by the wayside. Why, why do governments seem to have a hard time getting behind this? 
Honestly, I, I can't really say that there definitely was some momentum in the Atlantic provinces and in Nova Scotia in particular. It sounds like it. it I'm not sure if it's a, a priority at this point. There's a national federation of all the uh, regulatory colleges and, and they've said, you know, right now it's it's not a priority. I thought a few years ago they they had started to, to look at that and put together a, a committee to try to figure out how this could happen more easily. I'm not sure. I feel like, you know, the pandemic could have been that window and it can still be that window of saying we need to make this easier for people. Um, but other than that, I, I'm not sure where the, the barrier is. I think this is something that that's really vital. I think it would help deal with some short term needs in, in Nova Scotia and other jurisdictions and ideally also long term needs when people can can, you know, work for a short term to decide if they want to stay somewhere longer. Well, we keep hearing that this pandemic is going to teach us a lot of lessons and we're going to come out of this uh, knowing a lot more about a lot of things than we did before. Hopefully, this is one of those topics that at least gets some discussion. Maybe this is something we could learn from, adapt in some way. Who knows? Uh, Dr. Monica Dutt, I want to thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much for um, focusing on this topic. Have a great day. You too.